does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Third and final hour, Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana, filling in for Bob Lovell. I'm Derek Schultz. We got Graham Shear across the glass, and we also have Eddie Garrison in an unknown location, but we do know that he's about to give you a five-minute update. Eddie, take it away. Thank you, Derek. Final hour of Indiana Sports Talk, last scoreboard update at the top of the hour, that is. Let's kick this one off with an update from the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup, the United States women's national team in action against Vietnam. This is on Fox. This one is just about over. They are into extra time. 3-0 is the score right now for the United States. Terrific job by Sophia Smith. She got two of the three goals, and Lindsey Horan scored the other goal. That came in the 77th minute. Sophia Smith, two goals, came in the 14th minute, and then again in the 45th minute in the first half. Now, transitioning to Major League Baseball, we'll start with earlier this afternoon, the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals at an afternoon matinee game. It was the first game on the schedule. 43 win for the Cubbies. Cody Bellinger hit a two-run home run. He had a three-hit day. He's been on fire as of late with the trade deadline quickly approaching. He has now had a hit in five consecutive games and in six In his last six games, he has five multi-hit games, including today's three-run affair. Mike Mike Stromboni was two for three. He had a home run today for the Cubs as well. Mike Talkman had the other RBI. Justin Steele picked up his 10th win for the Cubs. That leads them in that statistical category out of that pitching staff. Six and a third innings, two earned runs, nine K's for Steele. On the other side for St. Louis, Jack Flaherty picked up his sixth loss. He had a not so bad, but not so good outing. He went six in innings. He gave up eight hits, four earned runs, and he struck out six Cardinal hitters. Wilson Contreras had a pair of hits for the Cubs. It was Nolan Arenado driving in two of the three runs for St. Louis. He had a single in the top of the seventh inning that cut the deficit down to one. St. Louis just unable to really get any offense going throughout the course of the game. The Cubs are now 46 and 51. The Cardinals are 44. In 54. This afternoon slash late evening, the Detroit Tigers lose to the San Diego Padres. 5-4 was the final score. San Diego was up 5-0 after the third inning. Juan Soto had two home runs. He drove in three. Jake Cronenworth drove in the other two. Detroit, though, had a valiant effort. They scored four runs between the fifth, sixth, and the seventh innings, but they were unable to obviously complete the comeback. Riley Green had a two-run home run in the bottom of the seventh inning. Reese Olsen for Detroit went five innings, gave up five earned runs, and he struck out five Padre hitters. Josh Hader picked up his 24th save for the Padres, who are 47-51. and 51. The Tigers are 44-53. and 53. The Cleveland Guardians and the Philadelphia Phillies 
game numero uno of the three-game set from progressive field goes to the Cleveland Guardians. They're now 48-49. and 49. They win 6-5. Stephen Quam, Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor, just a few of the names who had multi-hit days. Jose Ramirez had four hits. Stephen Quam amid Rosario, Josh Naylor, and Josh Bell all had RBIs for the Guardians. Gavin Williams started. He went four innings. He gave up one run. Emmanuel Classe registered his 26th save of the season after retiring the side in the top of the ninth inning. Cleveland, a game under 548-49. Cincinnati Reds are victorious for the third consecutive game after losing six straight. They went 9-6 over the Arizona Diamondbacks today. Cincinnati got a quality start from Ben Lively. Not statistically, but it was what they needed. Four and two-thirds, he gave up three runs, six strikeouts, only tossed 76 pitches. Alexis Diaz registered his 28th save, that is second in all of Major League Baseball. The story of this game offensively for Cincinnati were the Reds' rookies, Matt McClain. He was two for four, including his first career grand slam, and Spencer Steer was two for five. He had three RBIs. That ends an 11-game drought in which he failed to record an RBI. His last RBI prior to tonight was on. On July 4th, Will Benson drove in the other run for Cincinnati, who is now 53-46. and 46. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. It's our number three Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. I'm your host, Derek Schultz, taking you all the way to midnight and Saturday. I have a 5 o'clock flight, and by 5 o'clock, I do not mean p.m., 5 o'clock a.m., Heading with my family to lovely Manchester, New Hampshire. That is not our final destination, but um, going to New Hampshire and then driving out into the sticks of Vermont, a little town called Windsor on the Connecticut River, right on the New Hampshire state border, east central Vermont. Uh, And that's where we are going to see my wife's parents and her family, her uh brother and sister-in-law and our two nephews are nearby in Brandon and um, we're going to spend some time in Providence. The the cool thing about New England and if you've never spent any time over there all the states are the size of a thimble except for Maine. Maine's gigantic but all the other states are the size of a thimble so you can go basically all around. You could take a weekend and see all five states if you really wanted to. Now there's not particularly a ton to see uh in in those five states but you can find things to see in those five states i mean hell we spent a weekend in iowa last year so you you can go anywhere in this great country of ours and find fun things to do or cool things to look at and if you do do that in new england i would recommend uh portsmouth new hampshire it's a very new england town right on the border of Maine and then go to York, Maine, or then into a gun quit like that area there. The southern coast of Maine is gorgeous, especially this time of year. Providence, Rhode Island is a really cool town. Newport is beautiful. There are really underrated beaches in in Rhode Island. And then Massachusetts, I'm a big Boston honk. I love Boston. I love the history there. I hate the sports fans and all the sports teams, but I love the history there. That's a cool spot to be. Connecticut's where I grew up, and it's the lamest of the five. So it's the hardest place to find things to do there's lots of good food to eat in connecticut go to new haven and get some pizza so there you go there's uh there's a new england trip in a minute and a half on indiana sports talk we're talking about going to new england so i'm gonna be on short sleep 
coming up later on here. Um, but we've had a good show so far today, talking a lot of Colts, and uh, we'll continue that conversation coming up here in just a little bit with Jimmy Cook. Uh, we had mentioned at the very beginning of the show, if you joined us early, that the big deal nationally tonight was Lionel Messi's debut for Inter-Miami, and he didn't start the game. He didn't start. So he gets subbed in, 52nd minute, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Big celebration, right? Sold out crowd in Miami. That's what everybody is there to see. He gets subbed into the game. Okay, great. Hey, Lionel Messi, he's here. He's playing. He's got the jersey on. It's happening, right? There's a free kick in the 92nd minute, and Messi scores. Essentially, as close as you can possibly get, and I'm not talking PKs-wise, but as close as you can possibly get in real time, regular time, I should say, to a walk-off in soccer. So this guy, possibly, if not probably, the greatest player in that sports history comes here to the MLS, to Miami, sold-out crowd, first game ever, walk-off. This is why we watch for stuff like this. What do people say? It's the greatest reality TV sports. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sports doesn't always deliver, but when it does, it delivers big. You can't possibly script something like that happening. Ellie De La Cruz in Cincinnati. Like, you can't script that. The cycle that he hit... A couple of weeks ago, home crowd, everybody's excited. Hadn't been done in 30 years since Eric Davis, another exciting young phenom at that time. It's why we watch, because you think something cool is about to happen. It's not always about championships and accomplishments and Super Bowls and and the, the big deal stuff. It's about a random Friday in July. You got tickets. It's Messi's debut. He's an absolute legend. You're in Miami, sold-out crowd, walk-off. And I don't even know. I, I don't follow MLS to know enough. I, I don't know if Inter-Miami's ever won an MLS Cup. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what the franchise history is there. I know Miami itself has had some good history here recently with some of their sports teams. Really, everybody but the Dolphins have been winning at a, at a fairly high level over there. But you get to see a walk-off like that. It's incredible. It's something that you tell your grandkids about. Just seeing Messi is something worth telling your grandkids about. Seeing him play football, American football. I'm sorry, soccer, not American football. What we call it in America, soccer. <laughs> but to see him walk it off like that, it's incredible. What a moment. You, I don't think you have to be a soccer fan to appreciate the magnitude of that. And hopefully there's a ripple effect. And hopefully his presence here helps MLS continue on and and grow and become even more popular jimmy cook's probably excited i have no idea if he's excited or not but he's going to join the show next with this indiana sports stock scoreboard updates i'm eddie garrison let's take a recap of minor league baseball the indianapolis indians and the iowa cubs are still in action yes they're out in iowa this game started just after eight o'clock eastern time so just over three hours of gameplay seven to five advantage right now for the tribe they scored a run of the top of the eighth to break the five five time they just added another in the top of the ninth 
So it's now 7-5, and they have the bases loaded. There are two outs, though. So let's see if the Tribe can add on any more insurance before going into the bottom of the ninth inning. The South Bend Cubs in the Fort Wayne Tink Caps have already played. On the South Bend Cubs side of things, it was a good day at the ball yard for them. 7-1 winners over the West Michigan Whitecaps. They scored three runs in the eighth and a run in the seventh. All of those were insurance and just gave a little bit of a longer leash for the pitching staff. The other three runs came between the second and the third. The only run for West Michigan came in the top of the sixth inning. Overall, the Cubs are now 38-49 and 49 on the season. Now moving on to the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. They struggled offensively. Only five total hits. They did not score a run. Benching staff struggled as well. Eight of the nine runs scored for the Lake County Captains came in two innings. If you look at the third and then look at the eighth, three runs in the third, five runs in the eighth, one run in the fifth inning. Overall, though, still a solid season for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. They are 45 and 43. The West or the Lake County Captains are now 41 and 46. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. So it is a final. Team USA winning, knocking off Vietnam 3 0. Not much of a, uh, wasn't expected to be too much of a, uh, a question of the outcome as far as that match was concerned but still you want to take care of business especially when you're expected to take care of business and that's what USA does uh, knocking off Vietnam 3 nothing. it'll be exciting to see um, what the ladies are able to do as far as the World Cup is concerned and just recently celebrated a, a couple of uh, men's accomplishments knocking off uh, Mexico uh, God, was that months ago now maybe two months ago this, this summer has flown by so much that it, it's hard for me to even, like, track my brain to remember when some of these sports happenings ended up happening. In fact, I was in the car earlier today. I mentioned this very early on in the show, and um, I realized that we are four weeks away from high school football, which is just, it's wild to think <laughs> that's already going to be here. I mean, next week, some schools will be in session um I, I think like brownsburg and some of the donut counties we're sitting here at the flag here in indianapolis um 93.5 the fan and and wibc um but some ips schools i know start this week as well so summer's here and then it's gone and we're moving on to uh to high school football friday nights and coach bob lovell back in the seat and then pretty soon before you know it, it'll be basketball season as well and we'll get really cooking here on uh on indiana sports talk i was actually curious and we could give eddie garrison some truth serum and, and ask him if this is the case uh we were supposed to have jimmy cook on at eleven fifteen, and i know that eddie and just speaking of uh jimmy this summer uh eddie and jimmy have spent a ridiculous amount of time together with the midday show so i didn't know i was going to ask eddie first but i guess we have jimmy so we can we can ask him this now um and you don't have to talk to i mean eddie's in the other room doing sports updates jimmy so we can keep you guys separated if you want but i didn't know if you were like bffs or do you, eventually you have to get a little bit sick of each other right I look, I'm going to take the high road here. I'm never going to say anything bad about producer extraordinaire eddie garrison though i will be honest he knows how to push buttons. That's, that's what I'll say. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's my job. 
I enjoyed as an impartial third party here, as a mediator of this discussion, I really did enjoy, and I know you guys, I guess, have a couple of more here to go, but this summer, uh, particularly, I know it's been a rotating panel of guests, but uh, particularly the ones with James Boyd, I think, uh, did a nice job. And, you know, when the three of you were together, I enjoyed it. You know how it is within this business. It is hard to generate chemistry, but when you do special, it's fun. And that's the most challenging thing of this summer is working with different hosts all the time. But James, we saw as much as anybody. He's an awesome dude. Uh, He's very insightful. If you're not already a statewide audience, subscribe to The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at RomeoVilleKid. All your Colts coverage. James does an exceptional job, and it was great to have his perspective all summer. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, there are a lot of people who write, and they write a lot, and I've noticed that they don't talk a lot. You know, like when when you're in person with them or they're behind a microphone, you're like, dude, you, you write all the time. Like you have a lot to say, so why can't you just verbally say? And you never have to worry about that with James. Like James is gonna talk and talk and talk. It's funny that you say that because, like, maybe it's the talking equivalent of writer's block for some people. Because, like, I struggle with writing sometimes. Like, not the concept of putting it to paper, but, but of the thoughts coming out and figuring out how to start. So, so maybe that's what that is for some people. It's whatever the equivalent is of writer's block for broadcasters. Yeah, let, let's go with that. I actually kind of like that. I didn't <laughs> thought about it that way. I kind of like that explanation. Um, so what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Cody Bellinger turning the season around as a future Yankee, or <laughs> what, what do we what are we talking about here? <laughs> I mean, the Yankees finally won a game. I told Eddie today that if they lose this series to the Royals, I think I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll casually follow the score updates. But uh, my wife asked me the other night, why are you doing this? And I said, because I can't abandon them. I can't do it. I, so, um, I don't know. I mean, no one really cares about the uh, Yankees being the Royals in uh, come-from-behind fashion. Um, Colts campus next week. Uh, as Eddie might have told you, I'll be on vacation for that. So I'll be watching from afar and then be back for the second week. But um, I don't know. I mean, ball's in your court. I'm open for anything. Yeah, I am. Uh, all kidding aside, we're not going to sit here and talk Yankees. Uh, I am going to great. Vermont. And so it, it's going to be all Nets and all the time for the next week. And the Red Sox are playing the freaking Mets this weekend. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I have to, I have to root for the Mets, I guess, uh, while I'm there. Yeah. But I won't bore our Indiana Sports Talk listeners with, with all of that. Um, Colts camp is, is a great segue to get into because we're literally it's here right uh five days away wednesday is when it opens um in westfield i i think there's a lot to say about anthony richardson and how he's going to look and and i understand that a lot of the focus is there but honestly jimmy i'm kind of excited to see particularly at cornerback what some of these young players like darius rush and and juju brents can bring to the table because that seems to be a position that the Colts are going to need guys to come in and contribute and play immediately because god they've got nobody else it's one of those scenarios which by the way a uh, shout out billy mckinney okay that's it i just need to get that out um <laughs> there's no there's no tie to grin park whatsoever but you, you understand why i did that uh, i mean it's one of those areas of this offseason where the colts made inadvertently in this case a gamble of we're going to run with inexperience or with prove it situations in a particular room and hope it works out they couldn't have accounted for what happened with isaiah rogers unless you're a tinfoil hat person and think they knew that when the draft happened i don't i don't subscribe to that i think they were just building for the future because they had a handful of cornerbacks that were on contract years kenny moore is still one of them uh the other side of that coin and the other position group i was referring to 
was offensive line, which is Veron Ryman's going to get an opportunity to prove that the back half of last year was not just a flash in the pan, that he is worthy of being a, I don't want to say necessarily franchise left tackle, but at least in this early development of Anthony Richardson, that he is capable of that. And then a lot of question marks up front in the thought of, is that offensive line with Tony Sperano Jr. able to get back to where they were? But, but that position group, along with corner and the thought that young cornerbacks have an opportunity to legitimately, not hyperbole, not cliche, have sink or swim moments with an NFL defense and really have baptism by fire here of are you ready for the bigs or are you a player that still needs development and not ready for this kind of limelight? I mean, it's tough to put myself in that space, Derek, because they're not going to be good this year as a whole. Like, I think we're all kind of in agreement on that, that six and a half wins is probably about it in terms of the high mark for this team but it doesn't mean you still don't want to see growth and improvement. And heading into Grand Park, that room in particular, I agree with you, is, is the most intriguing. Yeah, I mean, Ryman's one that I, I think Chris Bauer just needs to get right, right? Uh, yeah. We, he's had – the guys that have gone right for him have been mostly the guys that don't play the frontline impact positions, and Ryman plays one. So he really just needs that one to, to get right, among other things for this year. But I, I'm kind of with you. It, weirdly – last year right now was a completely different vibe, right? It felt like, okay, like this is it, like do it or just fire everybody and start over. And they did in a way soft reset, right? With the Gilmore trade and, and you bring in a rookie quarterback and you fire Frank Reich during the season. So I, I guess they did some of those things, but this year almost feels like we're just, this is at least another two years with, with Ballard and, people are going to be maybe even more patient here after a couple of years of being really patient. It's just, it's a strange place to be right, Jimmy, where they keep asking Colts fans to be patient. And now it it feels like the fans here keep agreeing to be patient, which I guess is good for the Colts. I'm fascinated to see how patient the fan base is. If the offensive line is bad again, because I've, I've thought about this the last couple of weeks, Chris Ballard, I know the team doesn't think this way, but I think this way. Chris Ballard has a free pass this year, in theory, and if there was ever any hot seat for him. He is kind of a reset-free pass because new head coach, new quarterback, let me build it. But he also made all the decisions to pay this offensive line. If they don't pan out again, there is an argument to be made that some owners would say, you wasted all our money on players that didn't work out. Why would I trust you? to rebuild with Anthony Richardson. It's the opposite of, and I think Ballard's a better GM than him far and away, but it's kind of the opposite effect of Ryan Grigson, where the biggest mark against him, among other things, was... Table, Jimmy, table that thought real quick, because it's interesting. We're going to talk about that when we come back. More with Jimmy Cook, Indiana Sports Talk on Network Indiana. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. NTT IndyCar Series back in action this weekend for not one, but two races at Iowa Speedway. Tomorrow, the Hy-Vee Homefront 250 on Sunday. The Hy-Vee One Step 250. If you need a breakdown of how all this will go, well, here you go. Qualifications for Saturday's race will be at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Race number one. 
will start at 3 o'clock. You can watch that on NBC, Peacock, and, of course, you can listen to it on the IndyCar Radio Network, whether that's through the app or Sirius XM. And then come on Sunday, they will just have a warm-up at 11 o'clock, and then they'll race again for race number two. The race on Sunday starts at 2 o'clock Eastern. You can watch that race also on NBC and Peacock and listen to it on the IndyCar Radio Network, the IndyCar app, and on Sirius XM. Now, all that to say, here's how the practice results went today. Joseph Newgarden had the fastest lap at 176.428 miles per hour. Scott McLaughlin second. Marcus Erickson third. Colton Herta fourth. And Pato Award fifth. If you're asking about Alex Pillow, he leads the standings right now for the series. He had the 15th. Quickest lap today at 173.007 miles per hour. But, as you know, you can never count out the one-time series champion who pretty much has it locked down to this point. Just about six races to go, though, for Pillow. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back. Our conversation continues here on Indiana Sports Talk Network Indiana with Jimmy Cook. His voice often heard right here on the flagship of Network Indiana, the fan, 93.5, 107.5. Uh, also, with the voice of Ron Colley Sports, as they've got a new football season coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So Jimmy Cook is not going to have any Friday nights available for a long time here. And he rejoins the show. You, you had a great thought there that I felt bad interrupting. It's my fault because I asked you the question. Right, Graham actually said a minute or two minutes, and I, I heard that, and then I just you know was completely immersed in our conversation and uh, didn't think to – hold that until the next thing but you had mentioned the uh chris boward patience factor with colts fans and comparing him to a uh, former gm so i wanted you to continue that thought jimmy that's that's okay uh i'm equally as captivated in our conversation i I, 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 I totally understand i I know what happened um no i was just saying that there's this level of patience and accepted patience at least presented amongst the fan base right now because chris boward and again, I don't. I know front offices don't think this way, but I think this way that Chris Boward basically gets a free pass this year because it's a new head coach. It is a new quarterback, regardless of when Richardson starts. It's a new quarterback either way, and this is year zero basically of a rebuild or of a new era of Colts football. And that's the thought: is that okay? He's going to have time to build this thing. Well. If the offensive line, which if it fails, could lead to Anthony Richardson bad habits early, could limit the effectiveness of the running game, could impact a number of different things. If this offensive line fails, well, the man that paid them is Chris Ballard. And what I would argue could happen, some owners would do this. I don't know if Jim Mercer would, but if the offensive line fails yet again and all that money is tied up there, if I'm Jim Mercer, I look at the roster and I say, Chris, what did you do here? Why would I trust you to build around this new era of Colts football? It would almost be in a way, and I prefaced it before break, he's a better general manager than this name, but it would almost be in a way kind of a reverse Ryan Grigson criticism. Look, the Trent Richardson trade speaks for itself. I know there was a lot of bad stuff there, but the biggest criticism at the end was... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
Why is there no protection for Andrew Luck? Why are we not making it a point of emphasis to invest in the offensive line? And that ultimately, among other things, led to his sacking. Why would the same not be true for Chris Ballard? If this old line doesn't pan out, he drafted them, he acquired them, he paid them. I wouldn't have as long of a leash as people are projecting if that's what ends up happening at the end of the 2023 campaign. Yeah, and he made it the pillar of the team. The the pillar of his blueprint for building the Colts has been the trenches and the offensive line. So if one of those fails, then that's on him. Uh, you know, th- this talk about, well, he's – He's faced this circumstance and that circumstance. I understand that Chris Ballard has faced a lot of bad luck. Kevin Pritchard had a lot of bad luck in Portland and still got fired. You know, it's, yeah. it's a results <laughs> business. So, yeah, it sucks, but you have to play the cards that you're dealt, and um, you have to produce results, and so far the results really haven't been there. The other big talk this week is is centered about running backs, and obviously we have one here in Indianapolis that is due for a, a contract extension in Jonathan Taylor, and, and he also responded or, or put himself in that conversation along with Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey and some others that voiced their concerns about the money just drying up for running backs and teams being unwilling to give long-term deals. Uh, where do you sit, Jimmy, with the, the Jonathan Taylor contract situation? Just kind of the running back talk in general, because I, I think now finally we've sort of reached the point where people are finally realizing that this is how NFL teams have been operating the past couple of years. And these old feelings about having to run to win championships, um, if, if you haven't already graduated from that mindset, then you've got to do it now. You don't pay running backs in the National Football League. The only reason you pay a running back in the National Football League is if your team is so bad everywhere else and it's the only ticking aspect of your offense. You can't afford to let him walk. He's a ticket seller, a la Derrick Henry, a la Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Then I get it. You pay him. If Jonathan Taylor sits down and wants, and the Colts are okay with this, three years, maybe four years, million, $13.5 million, that makes him, if my memory serves me right, the third highest per year paid running back active in the NFL right now. If that's something he's comfortable with, great. If he's upset and Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler and all these others are upset with that figure and want closer to what wide receivers are making, the strategy is simple. You let the year play out, and if you can't come into agreement next year, you tag him, you move on. Derrick, I think it's much more likely, and Eddie and I discussed this earlier on the Fan Midday Show. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. I'm sure it's Fan Midday Show. Uh, it was Michael Pittman Jr. is the more likely candidate in my mind to get a contract extension. We talk about Ballard loves those before-season starts extensions. I would do it for Michael Pittman Jr. Get that out of the way. His tag is going to be $19 million next year. That's not happening. I would extend Pitt and then let things play out with Taylor. And worst case, like it or not, it's a business. You tag him next year and you move along. Yeah, I, I think they're going to extend him. I, I just think that all parties need to realize that um, the, the market is is zero. Uh, and it's it sucks that that's the case. Like, I really like Jonathan Taylor as a person. And, and I, don't, I, I, yeah. I don't want him to feel disrespected. But at the same time, like, the market is what it is. There, there's no reason for the Colts to pay him you know, $14 million. <laughs> There's just no reason to do it. it. That money is, no one is paying him $14 million. No, so no, no. There, there's no reason to, you know, put yourself out there just to be like, Hey, you know, we want to show Jonathan Taylor that he's respected and all of that. Like that, that. I don't think that's the way to, uh, 
to do business. Um, it, Give him a key to the city. It'll be fine. It's, yeah. It's, it'll, yeah. It'll, work. it'll work out. I, I, anything that's not monetary, I guess, that can help there. Um, but that's just that's the way that it is. I mean, you look at the last yeah. 15 Super Bowl winners, they have that stat where I, I think all of them outside of Marshawn Lynch were making $2 million or less. And yeah. it, it's, yep. a, it's a whole laundry list of who you know guys that were fourth fifth sixth seventh even in some cases undrafted uh players not not only not pro bowl or all pro players but just not frontline players at all at that position shout out damian williams shout out damian there you williams. go yeah and go. I, I guess they're they're etched in history when it comes to that but that's <laughs> something to keep an eye on and and that's another thing with bauer jimmy you know to kind of you know wrap up our conversation on him um that's another one that you kind of need to get right. I mean, th- there's a little bit of a, a gamble there with with Pittman if you extend him when I, I think still the jury is a little bit out if he's going to be a number. I, I, I think we've established that Michael Pittman Jr. is a, a, a good and productive NFL player. I think yeah. what we have yet to establish is, is he a top 10-ish level player at his position? Because I, I'm not so confident that he's ever going to be that type of player. Twenty million a year for Michael Pittman Jr. is bottom fifteen, or not bottom fifteen. It is in the top fifteen list. It's around the fifteen fourteen range of highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Take off two million dollars off that, you're around guys like Cortland Sutton and Corey Davis. You're around guys like that of about seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is a top twenty wide receiver. I would rather take a risk and overpay for him if him and Anthony Richardson click, even if it is overpaying for a wide receiver too. And then Derek, let's live crazy. We'll get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Let's let the big Jim Irsay's dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Make this thing come full circle here. Um, You excited about high school football season and the Royals? I am very excited. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in the summer, but I mean, you couldn't have had a better script last year, Uh, a birth all the way to Mm -hmm. semi-state. The expectations, I don't know if they'll be, as high because in high school football, as you know, there's so much turnover, but Ron Colley is one of the most prestigious programs in the state. Uh, they should have a good shot of winning their sectional. Coach Quintana is building great things over there on the south side, and yeah, it'll be uh, looking forward to it. Uh, RonColleyMediaNetwork.com every Friday night. We'll be, we'll be out there working with the Royals. Uh, shout out to my new color man. Uh, Dayton Lapp is going to be doing stuff with us here on the Ron Colley Media Network, so it'll be a good time. Appreciate it, Jimmy. Uh, hopefully next time you don't ignore Graham's many calls and we can get this going on time here but i appreciate your time i appreciate you eventually joining the program tonight thank you hey happy to do it uh sorry about being a little (laughs) bit fashionably late and hopefully next time we talk uh the yankees were buyers and not sellers yeah let's let's hope so have a great vacation my man appreciate it i appreciate you enjoy vermont that's jimmy cook we're back with brendan king when we return indiana sports talk network indiana Final scoreboard update of the night. I'm Eddie Garrison, so let's highlight as many of the scores as we possibly can. Starting with the FIFA World Cup for the women. The United States women's national team wins 3-0 against Vietnam. Sophia Smith had a pair of goals, and Lindsey Horan scored the other goal. They are next in action on Wednesday against the Netherlands. The Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals had an afternoon matinee game, and Cody Bellinger goes 3-for-4, extends his hitting streak to 5, including a two-run home run that helps catapult the Cubs to a 4-3 win. They're now 46-51. and The win ends the six-game winning streak for the Cardinals, who are now 40 and 54. The Detroit Tigers and the San Diego Padres 
Also had an early afternoon game, and the Padres got out in front early. They scored five runs. Juan Soto, the large reason he had two home runs, three RBIs. They lose five to four. Did the Tigers? They're now forty-four and fifty-three. Cleveland Guardians they hang on to defeat the Philadelphia Phillies after a late surge. But and that's because of Emmanuel Classe. He retired the side in the top of the ninth inning, picked up his 26th save. Jose Ramirez had four hits and the win for Cleveland, who is now 48 and 49. The Phillies are 52 and 45. Cincinnati Reds, they pick up a 9-6 win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Matt McClain, first career Grand Slam in the win for the Reds, who are now 53-46. and 46. Chicago White Sox fall to the Minnesota Twins 9-4. And minor league baseball, the South Bend Cubs defeat the White Caps of West Michigan 7-1, and the Tin Caps of Fort Wayne lose to Lake County Captains 9-0. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. I'm Derek Schultz. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Friday night. It was a winning Friday night for the South Bend Cubs. They knock off West Michigan 7-1. to And on the call of that game, our good buddy Brendan King, who joins us now on the show. Good night for the Cubbies up there in South Bend. Hey, BK? Great night, Derek. Uh, thanks, as always, for having me. But, yeah, over 6,800 fans at Four Winds Field, which you know for the Cove, that's a pretty packed house. So, it was loud, and uh, bats came alive, and it was a great pitching performance. Brandon Birdsell, our starter, uh, Big 12 Pitcher of the Year last year out of Texas Tech, six strong innings. Steven Gonsalves, who was on rehab from the Chicago Cubs, added a scoreless frame. Giovanni Cruz, hard-throwing righty, scoreless eighth inning. And then Sheldon Reed, our closer, uh, got those final three outs. But thankfully, he didn't really need to do it under pressure because the bats were so good, uh, and it was a final 7-1. We've been talking a lot on this show, uh, not just the baseball with Eddie Garrison, but uh, finally football creeping back into the conversation with training camp opening up for the Colts coming up here on Wednesday. I want to take Anthony Richardson out of the equation because for any team with a, a rookie quarterback, a highly drafted rookie quarterback, he is the player to see that is most anticipated to see at training camp. But if we take AR off the table... The player, and it doesn't have to be a rookie. I mean, it could be a veteran, you know, coming back or a new acquisition. The Colts player that you are most intrigued to see at training camp, if there is one that comes to mind. Ooh, great question. I think I'm going to go with the second-year development, Derek, of Alec Pierce. Because last year he took some strides in, quite frankly, a locker room where it probably wouldn't benefit a whole lot of rookies with that revolving door quarterback, right? I mean, catching passes from Matt Ryan and then Sam Ellinger and then Nick Foles, that probably doesn't add up too well for a young wide receiver, but he had shines and flashes of greatness. So really excited to watch what he can bring to the table in year two, and especially the fact, Derek, now that He's got a little bit more talent around him in the wide receiver room, and that can make him a little bit more dangerous at times. Um, you know, we're going to see what Anthony Richardson and or Gardner Binchu bring to the table for him. But, man, I think Alec Pierce, if he can just take a small jump, that can mean a ton for his development down the road. Yeah, and I think you saw it last year, like him being a, a go-up-and-get-it guy. And the, the problem for Alec Pierce is that they had no quarterbacks that could – Get yeah. him the ball deep, right? So he could go up and get it. They they didn't have anybody with that in their repertoire, except that one game winning touchdown down the field yeah. from Matt Ryan, which was the, one of the moments of the year, right? But no, the, I the think, throw of the year for Matt Ryan for sure. Well, that well maybe the yeah, as you said, maybe the only throw of the year too. So, but no, I think uh, I think there's a lot to like from Colts training camp, and I'm excited hopefully to get down there in August. 
I'm just excited to put 2022 officially behind us. You know what I mean? Like, like let's never talk about it. Let's never think about it. Uh, th- there's no way in my mind that this season could possibly go worse than what last season was. No, especially, too, that you had expectations last year. Yeah. I think the fan base and the front office is at least on the same page right now, finally, Derek, that, listen, it might hurt a little bit this year, but we're planning for things to go our way for the better in future years, which last year at one point there was a quote that said all in, right? Oh, uh, it, didn't, it didn't feel like all in during that Denver Broncos game on, uh, on Thursday night. That didn't feel too good. So I, I think there are going to be, be some games this year that probably are tough to swallow, but at least I hope that most Colts fans can look and say, you know what, this is about development and uh, we're taking a step in the right direction. That Thursday night game in Denver, man, that's four hours of my life I will never get back. And that's a game that they won. At B-King Sports on Twitter. (laughs) I know. South Bend Cubs. Thanks so much, my man. We'll talk again soon. (laughs) Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. That's Brendan King. Every time that we even mentioned tonight the 2022 season, I think about another game that was just a disaster that I don't ever want to think about. Back to wrap up Indiana Sports Talk next on Network Indiana. Back for a final time here on Indiana Sports Talk Network Indiana. Thanks to Eddie Garrison of the Update Desk. Thanks to Graham Shear doing a great job tonight. And thanks to you for making us a part of your Friday night. I'm Derek Schultz filling in for the coach Bob Lovell. Uh, penultimate weekend of Indiana Sports Talk without coach. As uh, next weekend we'll have the same deal for the what is it? Uh, 21st, 21st, 22nd. So the 28th and 29th and then uh, Bob will return to the big chair of Indiana Sports Talk for another season starting on August 4th, and we are only four weeks away from the high school football season. So it's here, or I guess it's just about to be here. Same for Colts training camp. That dominated the conversation during tonight's show. Wednesday is the opening for the Colts at Grand Park in Westfield and the official kickoff of their 2023 season, which should be a lot of fun. The fans always get up close to the players. You get autographs, photos. It's um, it's a fun atmosphere. It's a lot of lot of fun for the family. Um, I think we sometimes in media stretch what it means and try to make mountains out of molehills, but that's, I guess, what we do in general. But it'll be interesting to see if the Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor contract extension talks get resolved at some point before this season begins. Speaking of the NFL, a quick final rundown of the headlines. Uh, Bryce Young, $39 million with the Carolina Panthers, so he is officially signed, sealed, delivered, fully guaranteed for Frank Reich and Carolina as the number one pick in the draft. Mike Chappell having a report that Feels like the Colts are close with Anthony Richardson. Not that there's any concern or worry about that. That that is definitely going to end up happening, as far as the Colts are concerned. Also uh, going on tonight, um, or I, I should say tomorrow and this weekend, IndyCar doubleheader with High V and a great sponsor and a great sponsorship activation in Iowa for the second straight year. Uh, double bill Saturday and Sunday, so two races, two uh in Iowa for the IndyCar Series. So keep an eye on that one. Usually a fun weekend there in Iowa. The Indy 11 women going for the W League Championship in just their second year in that league. They were undefeated last year before they lost in the playoffs. This year they face in an undefeated team from North Carolina. 2 p.m. is that kickoff, and it will be followed by a men's game. So a double dip for IndyCar and a double dip for the Indy 11 women and men at Michael Carroll Stadium 
Tickets at Indy11.com. Fever in action as well, but not until Sunday, and they are back on the road after snapping a long losing skid this week with a win over Washington. So good to see the ladies get back on the winning side of the ledger again. And then the big news nationally tonight, Lionel Messi debuts for Inter-Miami, comes into the game, and off a set piece, free kick, wins it in walk-off fashion in the 92nd minute, giving uh, Miami a 2-1 to win in his MLS debut. Pretty incredible stuff for a pretty incredible and accomplished player. Thanks again to Eddie Garrison. Thanks to Graham Shear. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Derek Schultz. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Indiana Sports Talk, Network Indiana. Have a great night, guys.